Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the season finale of the Retro Wrestling Report. That's right, the Triple R Podcast. You're here, and don't let your ears deceive you. You are hearing somebody new. This, yes, this here that you're listening to, it's me. It's me. It's the Puerto Rican dream. That's right. It's Joaquin. I'm back with the boys here. I've got Warren. I've got Chris. I've got Justin, who's here only as a special guest as well. And we're all together to finish out this season. Jay, you did such a wonderful job on the pre-show. You picked your brain a little bit. We got to talk about uh, some AEW, a little bit of the WWE, and not and you fed you fed right into our our, our spiel and whatnot. You're welcome yeah, back up? anytime. Why don't yeah. feed into Chris and Pilch's <laughs> guest nonsense, please and thank. Oh. Oh, no problem. Not a problem. Not a problem. So we're going to just keep trucking along here. We have to finish (laughs) out this season. So the guys have got me on this episode here to to see that we can finally crown the official champion of the Triple R podcast for season one. So we've got to get this going. Somehow you guys managed to find yourself in a three-way tie, four wins apiece throughout this season. Somehow you guys did it. Congratulations, because now I'm here to help you out of this jam. And thank you guys so much again for for allowing me to be a part of this. I hope we have some fun. So to finish it out, um, each of you has come up with your own pay-per-view card. And you're going to go ahead and, and try to sell me on it. I'll be the Vince McMahon of this show. And I'll wait here till I hear the, the best beefy lineup I can get. And once I crown the winner, that person will be the official season one champion. So each of you has a card. Each of you have 20 random wrestlers. Actually, Chris has, uh, I'll get to that. But each of you has 20 random wrestlers and you're supposed to give us the best card you possibly can. Um, we actually have a, a score update from last episode. We have... As it stands, Justin with negative 150 points. <laughs> we have Warren with 100. Always the underdog. And and Chris with another 100 points. So already Justin has fallen behind. Um, we'll see if uh, if he can get get back, you know, into the good graces. I'm sorry, just catch up. You know, let's see if he could just catch up. Um, so to start us off, I'm actually. Very interested in hearing Warren's to start. Um, I think that Warren probably had the best mix of roster. I think he had uh, great jobbers. I think he got great mid-card, great you know, elite-level talent. So I'm curious to hear yours first. So please, grace us with this pay-per-view, and I'll, I'll be making sure to give, give and take points as I, as I see fit. Okay, thank you very much, uh, I am honored to be here. And if you are looking for a pure wrestling show, this is the show that you want to come and see. Um, 
I'll refresh your brains a little bit about the uh, the pool of of uh, superstars that I have. Um, we got let's see, we got Ric Flair, The Rock, Great Muda, Jericho, JBL, William Regal, Kofi Kingston, Junkyard Dog, Nick Bockwinkle, Kevin Nash, DDP, D'Lo Brown, uh, Buff Bagwell, Kamala, uh, Zach Ryder, Jeff Jarrett. Paul Orndorff, Alberto Del Rio, and uh, the Warlord, and also Mickey James. So, I'll start from the bottom first, work my way up to the main event. We'll start off nice, hot, and heavy. Uh, I haven't named the, the mid-card title yet, something along the lines of an international title. Um, but that'll be in a four-way ladder match with Diamond Dallas Page, D'Lo Brown, Zack Ryder and Jeff Jarrett, along with Mickey James as Jeff Jarrett's valet. Um, that's just to get the crowd fired up. You know, Zack Ryder and D'Lo getting some some dives off of the ladder. Um, DDP can hit the diamond cutter out of anywhere. Jeff Jarrett is one of those guys that's willing to do anything to get the title around his waist. And plus he has the, the extra factor of Vicky James uh, on the outside of the ring that can assist uh, with him getting uh, the upper hand. Then we'll cool it down a little bit with uh, two, uh, two favorite wrestlers of mine, Buff Bagwell and versus Alberto Del Rio and Alberto Del Rio also has a, uh, a heater on his side in the warlord who will be patrolling the outside. We'll move on into the tag team title match where the junkyard dog and Kofi Kingston will be teaming up to take on William Regal and Nick Bockwinkle. Um, junkyard dog and Kofi are probably the two of the, the bigger baby faces and eternal baby faces that I have. And then William Regal and Nick Bockwinkle, just rugged, <laughs> stiff uh, wrestling wrestlers that will, uh, I think, work well as a team together. The co-main event will be a number one contenders match for the world. Uh, the winner will be the number one contender for the world title. We'll take the great Muda and Chris Jericho. Um. I just needed I needed to put those two guys together because I didn't want to squeeze them into the main event just yet. I'd much rather have one of them chasing whoever's going to win this main event match that I have coming up next. And um, this is probably going to end up being the, the match that steals the show with these two guys uh, taking on each other, Muda and, and Chris Jericho. And that all leads to the world title triple threat match between Ric Flair, The Rock, and JBL taking on uh, each other. Um, I didn't necessarily put winners in there. Um, we didn't we didn't set these uh, parameters that we needed to do uh, all the ancillary pieces, and Pilch knows what I'm talking about. Um, but I think uh, top to bottom, I couldn't find, and 
a bad match on this card for where the stuff was laid out. So, uh, yeah, there you go, Jay. Floor's uh, floor's yours. So, okay. So I think that we have to we have to hear how these things, a couple of these shake out. I I do anyway to just kind of okay. make sense. I need to get an idea of like the 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 way this night went. So, okay. So what? So what I would do? Okay. So I would probably go the mid card title. I'd probably put it on Jeff Jarrett just to have a, a heel there. Um, let the three guys that are also in the ladder match be the ones that are chasing, uh, okay. chasing Jeff Jarrett here. All right, but what, um, what title is this? Come on. What this would be the mid-card title, so it would be like the international title is what I would call it, mid-card. Okay. Um, Buff Bagwell and Alberto Del Rio. Um, I'd say Buff Bagwell wins by like a DQ where Warlord gets involved and okay. uh, doesn't let Alberto Del Rio lose. I got to be Bagwell. honest. This, this match right here um, gave you gave you some big points with me. Okay, I, I got to like tell you. First I'm of all, it. I gave you points in the last episode just because you had Alberto, uh, Alberto Del Rio. Yes. Um, and so now you have him against one of my favorite WCW stars. Uh, listen. Buff Bagwell. Listen. listen. We, Later, did, no. we did, oh, not we. I did a top five WCW. You did like a top like 20. First of all. I did a top five, like a top WCW, thirty-eight WCW wrestlers. Buff Bagwell was a hundred percent on that list, and Chris and Pilch still give me crap for the list that I, the top five that I put out. Yeah, um, you said your number one was like Glacier or something like that. Not <laughs> Glacier by any means, uh, but if was that was, that was that the Bash of the Beach episode? That might have been that one. Might have been. Uh, Glacier's my number one. I think you got me and Warren confused. Yeah, you might have. Yeah. Me. You might have me. All right, so you, so you got points Gla- for that. Glacier's a fantastic worker. And now what I need to know is mainly that Flair Rocky JBL match. Okay. Oh, okay. Let me. I'll, I'll get on. there. I, I could just no. Look, honestly, <laughs> this is good. I have one question. Okay. And you have to now produce this for me, please. Okay. Why is the rock and flare? How in the in what world is JBL in that match? Okay. Okay. So okay, there's the question. So um I I think everybody, at least our age, may have fell out of watching wrestling in that stretch of, of JBL and the, uh, the come up of John Cena and the JBL run on SmackDown with the cabinet and whatnot. Uh, I know I did. And that was one of the first things that I did when I went back to watch uh, stuff that I missed when the network came out, when WWE network came out. Okay. I, I really liked that run with JBL. Honestly, I've always liked JBL. Even with his, his acolyte stuff, so and this his is ABA definitely stuff. this is definitely this is definitely heel JBL. Oh, this, oh no, this is uh, heel JBL. The limo, the Longhorns on the front, the the wrestling god, if you will. 
Um, this is uh, this is his heel SmackDown run when he's fighting Eddie Guerrero, when he's fighting the up and coming John Cena, when he's fighting Batista. Uh, this is that JBL that's that's in here. That particular JBL, I think, could fit in the ring with a flare and a rock. Is he going to win that match? Probably not. But I think it's fair. It's fair right. to him to put him in that match because I couldn't necessarily. I wasn't going to put him any lower than the co-main event. And I really wanted Muda and Jericho to just one-on-one have a match of the night kind of match and not let anything else kind of get in the way. Okay. You want to hear my marquee? Like, this is the answer. Okay. <laughs> you ready? JBL has to take this pin. Oh, of course. There's no way he's winning right? this match. Right. But he's, he's the one. In, he has to be the one. Yeah. Has yeah. to be. Regardless if it's Flair or if it's Rock. Right. JBL is taking that loss. Right. JBL so that is doing the job. Flair or Rock does not take the loss. Okay. 100%. So then who who is going over then? We know JBL is getting In that match? Yeah. Okay. So so okay. So I have Jarrett winning the the international title. I have Buff winning by DQ. I probably have the faces here uh, the junkyard dog and Kofi win the tag titles. Um, then I would have a. I think I'd have a heel. Muda, win to face off against a face rock, in that, in the, the make Muda number one contender, and he's going to be chasing the rock. All right, which which who what Jericho am I watching here? Hmm. Am I watching Lionheart? Am I watching Y2J? Am I watching Best Friends? I'm, Am I watching AEW? I, uh, I can guarantee you it's not AEW. Okay. Um, I'm. You're probably <laughs> watching um, Undisputed two two title belts, Jericho. Here. Ooh. And he beat The Rock and Austin in the same night. So Muda's beating that guy? Absolutely. Uh. Okay. Absolutely. And I, listen, huge fan of Jericho. Always have been. Um, Muda's winning that match. Okay. So then it's Muda versus, where are we going from here? This is, where, Where's the sneak peek? Where are we going from there? Where Where's? Uh, Muda so versus... Muda's going to be the number one. Muda's going to be the number one contender. Yeah. And then The Rock is winning that main event. So Rock would be the champ, and then Muda would chase chase The Rock from there. Okay. All right. I like it. I think that. Uh, now, who are the three you left out? Uh, there were two people two. that I noticed that did not make the show. One, one was Kevin Nash, uh, and the other one was Kamala. Um, not really a reason for Kamala to miss it. Um, I just really didn't have any place to fit him. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to go more than four in the four way. We had the one tag match. I'm not going to tag Kevin Nash and Kamala on a team. Um, 
But yeah, really just no place for him. The only place, the only person I did wish that Kevin. I got in here was Kevin, was Kevin Nash. Um, but he could also be, he could be next up to fight Jeff Jarrett for the, for the international title, or he could be maybe going in line after to be the, go f- to fight for the next number one contender spot too. I think he could have came out with Buff Bagwell at the very least. Uh, he could have, could have, but I, I'd rather keep him. I'd rather keep Nash uh, solo and keep Buff solo too. But you're not trying to have Nash collect a check on this pay-per-view. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, you know, is there any he's bad all, blood? He's, is there all any... about, he, he's all about collecting checks. He has okay. no issues waiting until uh, the next weekly show to come out and do something. Okay. All right. So you've heard it. Folks, I'm, I've done my calculations. I have the points here. I want to hear a little bit about what you guys think of of Warren's card. Um, what what do you guys and any takes at all? So that way, I can it can maybe help me, maybe see it differently, score it differently. I mean, we're talking about the season one champion. I mean, we have to know what we're what we're looking at. I mean. If I let's say I like this card a lot, I mean, are you guys okay with me liking this card that much? Are you going to convince me otherwise why I shouldn't like this card? Any thoughts? I I mean I don't know about you, Pilch, but I'm I'm disagreeing on that number one t- contender match, uh, especially because I think if you would have said a different. Uh, version of Jericho and Muda wins. Okay, but I think Undisputed Champion Jericho, that, you know, time in his career, he was, I don't see Jericho losing to the Great Muda. I really don't. And I know Great Muda is Great Muda. I understand what you're saying, Warren. And I think you have a different understanding and appreciation for the Great Muda than I do. So, but I like, I get it, but that Jericho, undisputed champion Jericho, there's no way he's losing that match. Justin, I I I hear you. I hear you, Chris. I I, I agree with Chris 110, percent and I I like a lot of what you did here. Um, that triple threat match is fantastic. You give yourself a great out with JBL taking the pin, even though Jake kind of led you there. Um. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But to have Jericho lose to Muda and not be a part of that chase, you're 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 dropping a golden opportunity there, right? And that's that's the issue. Is what what is Muda going to do on the mic to really sell you for the next main event? So, like, what is it? Yeah, just stare at you. Yeah. So this is the key. This is the key then. So so this seems to be the biggest point of contention right now with this card. So what is it that Muda versus either Jericho itself is he has to go over? Um, and then on top of that, that means Muda versus Rock, you're saying, is better than that, that Jericho versus Rock. So, so 
Okay, so okay, so my thinking that, is my thinking is if I have the rock as a face and I have Jericho as a face, I can't do not can't do, but I would prefer not to do face versus face for the heavyweight title. Gotcha. Here's the issue, though, is that Jericho is such a talented performer that you could turn him from face to heel on a moment's notice. You're yeah. absolutely right. But... So you could have fa- you could have face Jericho at the pay per view, and then the next week on Raw or Nitro or Dynamite or whatever whatever show they're on, he could flip just like that, and you would have we'll an outstanding program. Promo. Oh yeah, right. but I, yeah. I wouldn't want him. I want my face and heel turns to mean something. I wouldn't want someone to be the big show. Love the big show. But he's gone between face and heel more times than probably anyone ever. And if I'm establishing this is first first show out the gate if I'm establishing somebody as a as a face or a heel, I'm gonna let that thing breathe a little bit before I make the flip. It's it, it's interesting you say that because you prefer Jericho as face than as Jericho as heel because I I strongly disagree. I don't no, I'm not saying I prefer I like Jericho either way. I just knew that Muda couldn't be the heel or couldn't be the face. Then have him lose. Well, I think no, that I they want... both, in this particular situation, it's possible that they both could have been heels, but again, they're both at it for. Yeah, you could have a heel versus heel. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah, but no, that, true. That's the only, I think, all in all, that's the, that's like the hardest thing. Like, I think, I, I love that you got um, Junkyard Dog and Kofi winning the championship, the tag team title. Yeah. That's, that's great. I love they got it. it. It's Black History Month. They got yeah. it. Yeah, it's February. Last Everyone knows. Last day of yeah. Black History Month as of this recording. Right. right. So I guess the only thing for me too that stuck out because again, as a fan, like all this Muda talk, I couldn't spot him in the lineup. I don't know who the hell Muda is, honestly. <laughs> so if you're telling me, okay, that's why I had to know what what Jericho are we talking about, and it, this Muda's whooping his yeah. ass. Okay, which which Jericho are we talking about? And we're talking about um, uh, undisputed Jericho. Oh snap! Now it just it just wa- worked out that way. That uh, yeah, Mister Muda is not not for me, but but you know <laughs> it, uh, apparently it's not for for Chris and and, and Justin either. But um, I think all in all, it's a it's a very well thought out pay per view. I like it. I like the fact that yeah. you know it builds. I like that we have a something that's building. You made sure to put um, that number one contender match to add into the next level that we're going to see with the triple threat. So I thought that was – I like the way you structured that as a whole. Um, I mean, I don't think we're giving the ladder match as much love, but to start out the pay-per-view with a ladder match, I thought was pretty cool too. So yeah. that's going to be dope. I'm sure you'll see a, a fair share of diamond cutters. And at least one guitar break. So oh, I, multiple, multiple right. guitar breaks. All right, because you got Jarrett, so that you can't you can't beat that. That's not bad. So, 
that will be that's Warren's card, and you've you've named this. You have a name on this on this card. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't think that far into it. Oh, okay, okay. So only, only, okay, all right, no problem. So now, I wanna, I wanna go to Chris. I wanna okay. hear, I wanna hear Chris's pay per view. Be and and I'm most curious about you because I gave you points last week because I thought you had the worst roster on the last episode. I was like, man, <laughs> this guy not only. It's- is his roster kind of weak, but um, you you had doubles, so like you yeah. even had less guys to work with. So yeah, so I gave you some points um, for that. So now I want to see. Okay, he's already got a head start. What's what's he put together here for me to see if he can walk away season one champion? Take it away, Chris. Well. Let's see what what I can do, and I'm glad you pointed that out because when we did this, I was like, I wanted I wanted a do over immediately because I was like, this roster is rough, but I think I made it work. So here we go. So opening the night, if I learned anything from the WCW pay per views that we did this this season, you start with a cruiserweight match. That's just what you do. So cruiserweight title match between Chavo Dean Malenko. Good thing about the cruiserweight match, we don't need to know what's going on. We don't need to know backstory. It's just Dean's the champ. Chavo climbed the ranks. He has a shot at the title. This is how we're opening the pay-per-view. And it's going to be great. WCW cruiserweights can put on a a fucking show. So uh, I hadn't thought too much into who could come away with the title, who was going to go over. Um, looking at it now, I think Dean retains. Chavo puts up a good, a hell of a fight, but you can't you can't break out of that uh, four leaf clove, the uh, Texas cloverleaf. Um, so I'm gonna say Dean retains his title in this matchup. So after the cruiserweight title match, we're gonna go into the IC title. Now, this match when I originally made it, I didn't put it as an IC title match because originally I just had Kerry Von Erich and Rick Martel. It was just like, they're two guys. I wanted to use them. I didn't know how to use them. I didn't know how I would make like what angle I would want with these two. And then I had a stroke of genius. So a little backstory, Kerry Von Erich, intercontinental champion. Okay has a match with Rick Martel. They had been beefing a little bit. They finally have a match. Rick Martel has a shot at the title. During the match, there is a, a double clothesline. It could be a double clothesline. Could be a... I, I'm not sure what... They both, like, you know, bump heads or something. Fall on the mat. Each person has an arm draped over the other. Ref counts one, two, three. And then he kind of looks and like he doesn't know who to who won the match, who who got the cover first. So they're arguing. They argue. I'm the real intercontinental. No, I'm the real intercontinental champ. They're just bickering, bickering, bickering. So general manager comes out. Let's say it's Shane McMahon. General manager Shane McMahon comes out and says, you know what? Here's what we're going to do to solve this problem. Over the next couple of weeks on Raw and SmackDown, they each have matches, not against each other but against other individuals who are in line for the IC title. 
it's a series of let's say five matches well let's say four, four matches they have four matches whoever has the better record out of the two and their matches will get the ic title if it ends in a tie they will the tiebreaker is they will have a match at the next pay-per-view so they go through the matches what happens is Kerry Von Erich and Rick Martel both lose one match in their series of matches to the Sandman. Mm. But they end up winning out. Then, because they're tied, they go to they get to the pay-per-view. They're getting ready to have their match for the IC title. Right before the match starts, Shane McMahon comes out. And he says, you know what? Because the whole, the whole time... Whole time they're they're bickering. They they bicker, they bicker, they bicker. Shane McMahon comes out, he says, you know what? Because I'm sick of hearing the two of your mouths, I had a thought. There is somebody in this locker room who actually upset the both of you. So it's only right that they should have a shot at the IC title. And then you hear the Sandman's view, and here he comes walking through the crowd, crushes some beers, carrying the Singapore so, cane. So this is a uh, an impromptu triple threat match that's that's decided on this night. Is that what you're saying? Right. Correct. Okay. So so both Carrie Von Eric and Rick Martell are flabbergasted. They're like, "This is BS. What what is he doing here?" And Sandman comes in, and Shane just like. You know what? Good luck, guys. Ring the bell. And bell rings. And Sandman just cane, cane. Both of them in the dome. They're out. And then he just covers both of them. Sandman is the IC title. Wow. That sounds... Next match. That sounds amazing. Next match. Uh, I didn't really have a good backstory for it. But we're doing a title versus title. So... Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, is has the U.S. title. Him and Bulldog have been beefing. Be, uh, Bulldog has the U.K. title, and they're doing title v. title. Winner gets both belts. Uh, I figure the angle could be, you know, um, Orndorff has been giving Bulldog, you know, shit for being from Britain and, you know, talking about how much better America is than the, than the U.K., and, you know, Bull, Bulldog says something about, you know, you guys wouldn't even be a country if it wasn't for us. Like, you're all the cowards yeah. that left the, the, you know, Great Britain. And then, you know, Orndorff gets all pissy about it, interferes in a match later of his. They go a couple weeks, you know, interfering in each other's matches. And then now this is the culmination of it. Um, in my heart, I say Bulldog wins and gets both titles. But I think think it would be better because i'm picturing orndorff as the heel in this and i think it would be better if he sneaks one away and steals the title from bulldog so i'm gonna say mr wonderful wins it okay and then you have the world title fight so this is good this is good so <laughs> papa shango this is good papa shango has placed a voodoo kind of mind control thing on Kane. So now Kane is forced to be like Papa Shango's uh, muscle 
because he's under Papa Shango's control. Undertaker for weeks has been trying to like break Kane free of his voodoo hold, but he hasn't been able to yet. Uh, 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 and Undertaker, um, you know, finally he like declares like this and you know this this Sunday at you know whatever pay per view this is. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna defend my title against you, and I'm gonna free my brother. Yada yada yada, and then we get we get to the to the night, and um, so this you know, is they a have straight, a match. This is a straight match. It's no 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 gimmick. No gimmick. Straight match. Kane is on the out. Kane is on the outside, just like there to protect Papa Shango. There's a bunch of instances where where you know Shango hides behind Kane on the outside, and and you know Undertaker doesn't want to attack his brother, his baby brother Kane. He's just like trying to get him to snap out of it. Can't snap out of it. Can't snap out of it. There are little glimpses, you know, that maybe Kane might be breaking out of it, but no, he doesn't, and like tries to attack the Undertaker and all that kind of stuff. Finally, you know, the end, we're getting towards the end of the match. Uh, Papa Shango has the upper hand. He's 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 coming down hard on the Undertaker. Undertaker is I want I don't I don't know what Papa Shango's finishers were. I don't know if he had any kind of like submission. I envision that he's in some sort of submission. You know his finisher was Chris. Didn't he didn't he what? do the whole train? Wasn't it the whole train? No, that was no. before the whole train. <laughs> this is a shoulder break. Yeah, the whole sho- oh god. Oh, I hate a shoulder breaker. Shoulder breakers are the worst. It was a shoulder breaker. We're so bad. There's no way to make it look good. Let's say you put him in a like a. It's a camel clutch, but we're gonna call it the voodoo clutch. Let's say it's in a voodoo clutch. And and he's got him. We think the Shango submission. Shango submit. There you go. There you go. Uh, and and he's got him in it, and the Undertaker is begging and pleading, Kane, please, please snap out of it. Shango is just he's he's gonna that's it. He's the world title. It's right at his fingertips. It's in his fingertips. And then right, right, right when 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 Undertaker is getting ready to tap, Kane jumps in and saves him and attacks Papa Shango. And breaks breaks free. He pulls him off, pulls him off, has him has him by the by the throat, and gives him a devastating choke slam in the center of the ring. Unfortunately, the ref has to call for the bell and say disqualification. But Taker doesn't lose the title, and he has his baby brother back. Then, as a cool down from this match, we cut to a vignette, and it's the Million Dollar Man. And he's got a new uh, valet. He no Virgil has been fired, and they pan over, and it's Batista in the Virgil outfit, counting the money. And they're just doing all their shenanigans that they did in that uh, SummerSlam. They're just going, they're going to the neighborhood pools and messing with the kids, and then driving down and like paying people on tennis courts for their rackets, and then breaking them and all this kind of stuff, and like. Just like, you know, Million Dollar Man shenanigans. They're driving around in a Tesla, and they're both sitting in the back. Just cool stuff like that. Now, main event. 
tag team title street fight. The Honky Tonk Man got into a little disagreement with uh, with New Jack, okay, over over music. Honky Tonk Man was trying to convince New Jack that you know, uh, you know, real music was old, you know, rock and roll, and you know, hillbilly rock and roll, or whatever it was, and blues and all that kind of stuff. New Jack is trying to push like Nas, NWA, sucker. You know, he's all he's trying to get him to listen to gangster rap. So then, New Jack was having a match. Honky Tonk Man comes out, cracks him with a with a a, a guitar. Ref doesn't see it. New Jack ends up losing his hat. Right? New Jack is pissed. New Jack is pissed, right? So they've been beefing. He he cuts a, a, a hard promo against uh, Honky Tonk Man, saying that I'm we are gonna have a match, me and my boys versus you and whoever you want, and you best believe that you aren't leaving this ring. Yada 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 yada. So Honky Tonk Man is is nervous. He's scared. He needs backup. He needs a partner. He convinces Hardcore Holly to team up with him, to protect him, hired gun to protect him from, from New Jack. Hardcore Holly's not interested. Now, New Jack and Mustafa already have the tag titles. Honky Tonk Man promises Hardcore Holly that he will get two of his most favorite things in the world. One, he'll get to beat somebody up. And two, he'll have gold around his waist. So Hardcore Holly thinks about it and says, I'll, you know, I'll mull it over and get back to you. So now for for weeks, for weeks, Honky Tonk Man is, is just talking it up. Me and Hardcore Holly, he keeps going back to Hardcore and like trying to sell him on it, trying to sell him up. He comes up with a nickname for him. He, their, their new team name is Rhythm and Bruise. I'm the rhythm and you're the bruise, brother. And he in Hardcore Holly kind of like looks at him and walks away. And he just keeps like he gets shirts made. He, you know, he he keeps in trying to entice him. He he brings him his own jumpsuit and all this kind of silly stuff. And the whole time he's like so nervous. He he's always looking over his shoulder. Every sound he hears, he thinks it's new jack. He thinks it's new jack. He doesn't know where he's gonna be lurking. Finally, finally, on the night of the pay-per-view. So we see throughout the night, we see uh, uh, we see a little vignette from earlier in the night. We'll, we'll have seen New Jack in a beat up like Ford Taurus from like 2000, 2004 Taurus. And he's just in the car. He's driving. He's like that. And he's just muttering like the fucking honky tonk man. He thinks he can screw me. I'll show him one. I'm going to show him, you know, just hang on, mutter, mutter, mutter. All of a sudden you see the car stops and he gets out of the car. And you just see him walk off and into a store and it pans up and it's a guitar center. And then it's like, oh, what that's what that's weird. Why is he going to a guitar center? So now the, the match is coming out. Mustafa and New Jack come out, and New Jack just has a shopping cart full of acoustic guitars that he bought at Guitar Center. And they all on the back have honky tonk man's name written on them. Honky tonk man, honky tonk man, honky tonk man. Honky Tonk Man. 
He gets in the ring and he unloads the car. It's just guitar after guitar after guitar after guitar after guitar. They all have the Honky Tonk Man's name on it. And then Honky Tonk Man comes out. You know, he's not he's not dancing. He's nervous and he keeps walk, coming out and he's just like, Sans, I don't know, where is it? I don't I hope he's going to be here. I don't know. And so he gets down to the bottom of the ramp. He's looking into the ramp. He's looking in, and he's just like looking back like, I hope he comes out. I hope he comes out. And then Hardcore Holly's music hits. Oh, thank God he's coming out. And he's wearing the jumpsuit. And he's just kind of like, I got it. I was like, let's go. You promised me titles, so let's go. We're going. And, it, and it's on. They meet on the ramp. And New Jack is just wailing on the honky-tonk man. He comes out. Hardcore Holly comes out. He's taking out Mustafa. He's trying to get on New Jack to keep him away from honky-tonk man. But New Jack is relentless. Eventually, he gets him alone, and New Jack just grabs a guitar, breaks it over Honky Tonk Man's head, grabs another guitar, breaks it over his head, grabs one, checks it, this has your name on it, breaks it over his head. And it's just that all match. It's just New Jack breaking breaking guitars over Honky Tonk Man's head. We think New Jack and and, and Mustafa have an easy victory here. They've, they've been... Dealing, dealing the honky tonk man one all night. Hardcore Holly's done his best, you know, to 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 fight him off, and somehow, somehow, honky tonk man is getting ready. He, New Jack tries to give him a last blow with a guitar. Honky tonk man gives him a low blow. He goes down. Honky tonk man cracks New Jack with a guitar. Hardcore Holly had already disposed of Mustafa on the outside. Um, gets a gets a quick pin. One, two, three. And Hardcore Holly and Honky Tonk Man are the new tag team champions. Roll credits. Wow. A lot to digest there. Um, just so you know, during that, I gave Warren... Uh, 200 points for just going first. Um, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it was important. Um, I gotta, I gotta try to even the scales because, because uh, Chris made this a whole nother experience. He gave us the, the, the five D experience of his, of his card. Now the one gripe I have with this card, Chris, there is a big gripe I'd have. Um, okay. Okay. This world title match. Okay. First of all, I gave you 50 points for having this vignette. The fact that you threw a vignette in, I didn't. I wanted to deduct points because I'm like, why are we not using the Million Dollar Man in a match? Why are we not using Batista in a match? But then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? We got a nice little vignette. They're ruining people's lives. This is good. I like this. I need this in my pay-per-views. A nice little vignette yeah, in the middle. That's the Million Dollar Man's team. That's fantastic. I had the same yeah. feeling. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And Million Dollar Man's not in a match. Batista's not in a match. Uh, I told you guys earlier, I wanted to do, the because I had Batista twice, I wanted to do a Batista versus Batista. And one person was like a fake Batista. But I couldn't figure it out. Like, I couldn't <laughs> figure out how what the, what the payoff would be. Um, and then Million Dollar Man, I just like, I think I just forgot I had him. And then when I noticed it, I'd already put together stuff. And then I wanted to insert him in a match and i just like i didn't i felt like i didn't do him justice so i thought this was the only way to like he's gonna still do his million dollar man stuff he's having fun he's got a new virgil 
You know, I think I think it works. I think I, it works. I think I think you you knocked it out the park using it in that way, creating again, you you gave me like a 5D experience with explaining it, but the fact that I knew there was a vignette in between these these segments, I was like, "Oh shoot, that that's I like how that feels." Um now, before I get to my the biggest gripe I have with this card, um Rhythm and Blues, obvi- I, Rhythm and Blues, you obviously got points for that. But I took away some points because I really, honestly, I'm sorry, guys, I don't know who the gangsters are. So you're going to lose points on that. I don't uh-huh. know who they are. Not not your fault, not my fault, but it's just it's what it is. But getting to this world title picture. All right. You got points because Papa Shango, obviously we talked about it uh, in the other episode. Like that's like my entry. You got my heart. So just for the fact that there's Papa Shango voodoo involved here, you get some points. Um, but where I'm going to, you're going to lose me is I want Kane interrupting this match. But I want Kane interrupting this match because he was just using it to get close to The Undertaker. Because when he cost uh, Papa Shango the match, he turns around. It's not a celebration between brothers. No, it's a close. It's a, it's a excuse me, it's a choke slam. From Kane to The Undertaker, laying down the gauntlet, saying, no, I want this championship. I'm next in line. This guy's voodoo may have done something different than you (laughs) thought. This guy's voodoo took me to another realm where I don't even care about him. He can't control me, but I definitely care about that title. I want that title now. So that that right there was was really my my only gripe with this whole thing because i just saw a missed opportunity there like you're right this it's is the, not a good story the this majin is, vegeta angle and i i should have saw it and i didn't right. see it that's it's the, like that's the majin vegeta yeah i i it's not that i broke and i love you no no it's i still hate you but now i don't need this guy to do it i don't need this guy to help me that's i don't right. need this guy to have me under a spell um but you know, again, so it's like win some, lose some, because you got Papa Shango Voodoo in there, which is always a plus for me. But how about you guys, Warren, Justin? What do you guys take from this card? Are, are is because I, I like I said, the fact that there's this vignette in here. Um, I mean, I'm I'm digging this card. It starts out light and sweet, like you said with the cruiserweights. But is there is there something I'm missing? Is there a reason I should hate this card and give you more points, uh, as opposed to the points that that Chris has racked up here? Uh, Pilch, do you want to go first, or would you like me to go first? You can go first. Go ahead. Okay, Ooh, so I have three. more points for Warren going first again. <laughs> Giving up points, Justin. Giving up points. <laughs> so I have uh, I have three questions about this card. Okay, let me know when you are ready, Chris. I'm ready. Okay, so the first question, and it's a very important question. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long is the Million Dollar Man vignette? Ooh. <laughs> How long is it? Um, I, you know, I don't know. what. How long was that one we watched? And uh, what felt, was it? It felt like a half an hour. <laughs> let's say let's say it's that let's say it's the same yeah, length as that one has to be a half hour okay yeah, yeah. that was the easy question um number two i see what your the way your card was structured 
You started out, like you said, with WCW Cruiserweight title match in the beginning. But you finished with a, I mean, it was for the tag title, but quote-unquote random tag match after the world title was defended, almost like any, how ECW pay-per-view was. With the new with with the game uh, with New Jack and Spike Dudley against the Dudley Boys, mm-hmm. why does the tag match in the show and not your world title match? Because it's a street fight in my in my head and my vision of this pay per view. They destroy this arena. Gotcha. They it, it's nothing is left standing. So, you know, in a normal live event, if you've ever gone to a, you know, a WWE event or any wrestling event, whatever happens, they have to clean that, clean all that shit up before the next match. Yeah. So there's going to be so much destruction in the street fight that there was no way that they were going to be able to clean it up for them to have this world title match. That's why we had to do the vignette there to give, or no, unless they did the vignette there, I guess they could have had time, but it would have been a longer vignette, I guess. So that begs the question, how many guitars fit in a car? Oh, it was a lot. It was like, he must've had another, he must've had like a U-Haul attachment on it. Like okay. you, you, there was, it's enough for you to be like, there's no way he fit that in a Taurus. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, what kind of clown car is this? Yeah, but, he had a lot. It was a lot. I got. I got to say as well that the the uh, triple threat that Sandman that that whole way that shakes out, I thought that was well booked. I liked the, you know, okay, on the spot. Here comes the money. Shane switches the matchup, and then. Sandman does the most Sandman way to like just all right, let's wrap this up and take it home and this is over. So this is this is right. quick, this is very quick, right? This whole thing. Oh, it's quick. It's quick. Yeah, I like that too. So that that was legitimately my third question. Mm. It, it, which I do, I agree. I like how that was booked with the backstory, Shane McMahon coming out, fan of the Sandman. So him going over like that. Fits everything fits. The booking for that is really well done. But my question is, if we all consider the inner the IC title as like the quote unquote working title, why is it put into a squash match? I wouldn't. So here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. And again, you know, it feel free to disagree. It's the annoyance that we're squashing. The annoyance of these two week in, week out, just, you know, chirping at each other about who's really the IC title holder. And it's just, we need to end this somehow, some way, put it to bed once and for all. And I think it's, it it would play into the, you know, um, them constantly arguing in the backstage, you know, Carrie Von Eric going to talk to Shane McMahon, like, this is bullshit, you know, Rick Martell, blah, 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 blah. And then he leaves. And then Rick Martell, like, did he, was Carrie on in, was Carrie just in here talking about me? That son of a bitch. And he's just, Shane's tired of hearing from it. 
we're we as fans are tired of hearing about it. Everyone is tired of these two, and it's just like you know what, I'm done. We're gonna you know it's a triple threat. Sandman get in there and just you know knock them out, please, and then it's over. And I understand Sandman is not going to be a uh, a long term champion by any sense of the word, but it's just something to like he is the tool that we're using to like shut these two up. I, I have no issues with the Sandman winning. I have no issues with the Sandman being a long-term intercontinental champion. I think he, he could pull it off and be uh, that working, that quote unquote working title champion. Um, I don't think, I don't know if he has the, the stamina for it. Uh, Hundred percent think he does. Okay, well I did. Hundred percent think he does. Um, but I was just wondering what the the thought process was of making that into a, a quote unquote squash match. But those are my questions. Pilch, floor is yours. First and foremost, um, I I want to piggyback on what Jay said, where I I feel like you were definitely dealt the weakest card of the three of us, and you put together something that is watchable and downright like entertaining i think so you know Thank kudos you. in that regard i, pre- I appreciate 100%. that 100 percent. warren took a lot of my questions but i do want to piggyback on the fact that i just my issue more so stems with the structure of the card i think okay. that in my personal opinion, there, there's two matches on this card that really like jump out to me as like matches I want to watch. One being the world title match, which I think you booked to perfection. I, I love everything about that. I think if that's not a headliner to a pay-per-view, I don't know what it is. And how, secondly... So how about, wait, what do you think about that finish, though? I like the finish. I, I, I like what you did, too. I, I could go either way. Um, hold on, hold on. Do you like do you like my finish? Or do you like his finish? I'm just curious because uh, some you know it might be important. I don't know. Uh, you know, if I'm gonna lose points, it's fine. I like Chris's finish. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> I I like yours too. I just I think Chris's finish makes sense. I mean, you but, set uh, up a story for. But for those taking notes and keeping score, um, you like Chris's finish on that match? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you could have an Undertaker Kane tag team at that point. They could go against Papa Shango and somebody else that he like voodoo's. You know, I think it sets up for a very good long term story. I don't understand why that's not where we end the pay per view. To me, that's like you see Kane go back to his brother. That's the roll credits, in my opinion. I just think like that's how it how it needs to end. Mm-hmm. The other I match and that I think is only... super. Go ahead. The... I, I agree, though. I think that that's that's kind of the thing that shines to me too. Is however it does finish, my finish, your finish. Um, that is roll credits. Like that's what it should. Right. That should send us home. I think in this whole setup, that yeah, that that should send us home. It. But the only reason why I felt there was some kind of alteration to your finish. Is because thinking that should have sent us home. If I was a little bit like, wait, we're th- this is a, a weird finish to the match. 
if you're in the arena that night, um, some people might be upset that this is not really a finish. This is not like we want to see the, the 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 title be decided. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. you get that on a pay per view, and there is no clear cut who won. Especially if you're saying Papa Shango is about to take the Undertaker out, and you're going to see the Undertaker tap, which is a very rare thing. Um, then I think that you would have made some people angry. You know what I mean? That the fact that they didn't get a finish. So that that part about it, I thought about too. That's you know, and that's 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 some stuff to think about. Uh, I did have this. Honestly, I did have this closing out the show, but then I switched it when I thought of the street fight angle, and it just in and again, you know, like I was saying, in my head, this place is so disheveled, like there was no way they were going to be able to clean up this arena. Like they might have to just burn down whatever so, arena they were in because so, they destroyed it so much. That was the only reason why I flipped it. But if you think about it though, you have, if you have rhythm and bruise versus the gangsters, then you have your half hour vignette. Plenty of time to clean Damn it. That out. was my point. That is exactly oh, what go. I was just okay. going to say. Okay. 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 Oh, yeah, no. Fucker. Yeah. If, if, if there was going to be so, a move made, you would have to put that vignette, which is phenomenal that you squeeze you you squeeze that into your card. That vignette would have to follow that street fight wherever that right. street, fire, street fight was on the card. You outside. you put the street fight you put the street fight first. It gets that giant pop that you're looking for. You have the cool of the vignette, mm-hmm. which isn't really a cooler because it it still progresses a story, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can have those three matches that no one gives a fuck about because I don't. I don't. You, know, <laughs> you did the best of what you could, but you know you have the three matches. And then you have the the big payoff at the end. Like that's you're right. You guys are right. You guys are totally fantastic. Right. Now, 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 now listen to this part though. I do like that the vignette is later in the card though. I do mm-hmm. like placement. Ah, I I disagree. I, I would I mean, I, if, if the vignette I'm is after if the vignette is after that that crazy match of guitars and all this stuff breaking. I mean, I think it's perfect, and then leading us into perfect. giving up the time to clean perfect. it, set set it back up for the finish of yeah. Undertaker Papa Shango. I think I would yeah, still you, leave. You have to look at the vignette there. as a before right. leave that you, there. You look at the vignette as a placeholder. Put the yeah, put the street fight in four, in the mm-hmm. in match before, then the cleanup because the millionaire man is going wow. to be your, I would assume you're in line to be your number one contender for the world title. Right. Yeah. So he's got to go to that but, vignette's got to go towards the end of the match anyway, end of the night anyway. I I, I don't think so. I. I, I you're not looking at it at the the point where you the in this in this card and it's no fault of Chris's obviously, but you have two matches that have pop. You have your your street fight match and you have your main event match. If you want to build somebody up, you have to put them either before or after one of the big pop matches, and to put that vignette after that first giant pop, everyone's still going to be glued in and watching. 
Oh my so god. So you can easily I'm sorry, I just I figured it out. We have that vignette earlier in the night. I'm so sorry, Justin. When Kane turns on Papa Shango, if Million Dollar Man's up next, it's only because he's at the top of the of the ramp laughing his ass off because he paid Kane to turn on Papa Shango, to turn on The Undertaker, and to make it be known that everyone has a price and he's next in line. I don't know. That sounds if you if you're making a case for it being I earlier mean, that, in the that night, that could end up something up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. man, yeah. I mean, that could work. Yeah. Oh man. So now we're I, gonna. I break think it, it needs to be earlier. Okay. So now that we've got two cards down, there's naturally just one more place to go. Justin, the floor is yours, and you have <laughs> entered here for all to see. A very lengthy uh, setup and 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 uh, booking here for the night. You've even named your pay per view. Uh, so just for everyone listening, I want to be clear: everything that has been said to this point has more or less been out of the air. You know, just talking about it, and and this is what we imagined. But Justin, all of this stuff that you're about to talk to us here, you, you went in and. <laughs> And you actually wrote this whole thing out ahead of time, so you you you've come prepared. Oh yeah, no, this is kind of my thing. I I love booking wrestling events, so this I was is, super excited about a, this whole word, show. This is in a word, Zoftig. This is massive. <laughs> this is a massive <laughs> document we're staring at. So. Take us through, Justin, the WCW Bash at the Beach 2021. So I I like to envision that WCW is still around today. And with the wrestlers I was given, I I came up with a card, five-match card, obviously, as everyone else. And um, so my first match... uh, is Cactus Jack versus the Junkyard Dog in a Carson City Silver Dollar match. And for those of you at home that aren't familiar with the Carson City Silver Dollar match, that's when a giant aluminum pole is hung from one of the turnbuckles. It's about 25 feet in the air, and they hang a sock full of quarters on it. The winner of the match has to procure the sock of quarters and hit the other person in the head with them, or, you know, any extremity really that's how you win so the lead in this match i thought was as follows so uh going in we had mankind was the was the champion and he very recently dropped the belt to booker t in an episode of nitro with the help of the junkyard dog while booker t was getting set up to receive a mandible claw from mankind the junkyard dog runs in to provide a distraction to allow booker t to hit mankind with a steel chair and get the one two three after the bell, Booker T and Junkyard Dog beat Mankind senseless. And so much so that the Junkyard Dog manages to steal Mr. Sacco from Mankind. He's parading around, just showing it off for everyone to see. The next week on Nitro, Junkyard Dog shows up and cuts a promo in the ring taunting Mankind and saying that he will never be the same without his little friend. He says that if Mankind ever wants to see Mr. Sacco again, you'll have to defeat him in a Carson City silver dollar match. 
before Junkyard Dog can finish his promo, however, he has jumped from behind. And as he's laying on the ground, he's turned around and he sees not the face of mankind, but the face of Cactus Jack. And his Junkyard Dog runs away scared. Cactus Jack accepts his challenge. And if there's anyone that can make sure Mr. Sacco comes back to mankind, it is him. Now, as far as the match goes, the match begins with Junkyard Dog coming to the ring first. We see Mr. Sacco chained to the top of the pole. Cactus Jack sneaks up from behind Junkyard Dog, getting the match started. It is a typical back-and-forth hardcore match with Cactus Jack mostly in control. Junkyard Dog manages to change the pace of the match, however, with a well-timed low blow. At this point, Junkyard Dog tries to scurry the pole and is pulled down by Cactus Jack. Jack then takes out his signature barbed wire bat and hits him right in the head, laying him completely out. Jack stares at the height of the pole and realizes he can't climb it. And he instead reaches in the pocket of his flannel shirt, brandishing a remote detonator. Jack hits the button, and this is when we realize that he has rigged the bottom of the pole with explosives. And the pole comes right down, and as it's falling down, it hits the junkyard dog right in the head. That At this point, Cactus Jack grabs Mr. Sacco, hits Junkyard Dog one more time in the head. One, two, three. Your winner is Cactus Jack here. Okay. For the, Our for the second record, match did, did is going to see... For the record, did you get uh, Mankind or Mr. Sacco on your list of uh, entrance into this contest? No, I got Cactus Jack. No. Oh, okay. Just, just trying to keep it fair here. Yeah. That's all. He's one of the... Yeah, that's fine. Our second match on the card sees the Steiner brothers as the tag team champions versus Mabel and Bam Bam Bigelow. It's a tag team title match. The leader in this match, the Steiners are on an unprecedented 600-day run as the tag team champions. After dispatching their most recent challengers, Owen Hart and Jim the Anvil Nineheart, Heart Foundation 2.0, as they are calling themselves. They're cutting a promo in the middle of the ring, asking if anyone has what it takes to end their run. Their run. Out walks King Mabel and Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow claims that these are the two biggest, baddest men in all of WCW. They will now be known as the extra-large, big, bad, booty daddies. Scott talks about how fat they are <laughs> and that they have a 174% chance of winning at so- Sacrifice. Yeah, we're going to Bash of the Beach. So what? What? Uh, but, you know, do we have? I confused. think we have. Do we have audio of uh, what um, Big Papa Pump actually said that night to these guys? We do actually. Uh, we do. Let me, uh, we'll, uh, pull, pull it up right here. But then you take my seventy-five percent chance of winning. If we used to go one-on-one and then add sixty-six and two-thirds percent, I got a hundred and forty-one and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. It's amazing that he didn't realize that this was Bash of the Beach and still thought it was Sacrifice. He, he always thinks it's Sacrifice. I actually was able to talk to Scott Steiner and ask him why he just, he had such a thing against Mabel. And here's what's, uh, his response. He's fat! So, you know, I mean, it's man a few words, but it gets the point It makes across. sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So I think there was a card like a week ago before all this happened where... Scott Steiner was actually doing uh, 
he was doing the ring announcing. And the match he was ring announcing for was was Mabel. And I think Mabel was taking on... Uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was the Junkyard Dog. You know, it might have been. I, I can't remember at this time. But let's listen into what what Scott Steiner had to say about when he's introducing Mabel to the ring. Helen from Dunkin' Donuts from the great state of obesity. Just laying into Mabel. Just killing him. Just killing him. Ring. <laughs> so, Justin, how does this so- match work out? This match is your typical heel versus heel tag team match. The crowd hates both of these teams. The opening part of the match is dominated by the speed of the Steiners with a lot of arm drags, quick tags, and working over Big Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bigelow is finally able to hit the hot tag to Mabel, and when he comes in, he quickly lays out both Steiners. Rules have gone out the window at this point. All four men are working the ring, and it seems the Steiners have the advantage. Rick and Scott are able to hoist Mabel onto the top turnbuckle to attempt a Frankensteiner. Scott leaps and tries to flip Mabel over to no avail. At this point, Bam Bam Bigelow comes to his senses and knocks Rick to the outside. Bam Bam Bigelow picks up a hanging Scott and hits the greetings from Asbury Park, and Mabel lands on him with a splash from the top rope. One, two, three. The extra large, big, bad booty daddies are your new tag team champions. Our third match did, on the uh, card is ultimate. Go ahead. Did us? Uh, did Scott have? Did, did did they interview the Steiners afterwards? Did he? Did he have anything to say for himself? Let's. I think he did. We have actually. we have some audio from that, right? I do have some audio. Um, let's see. This was post match. How he felt after uh, after the Steiners lost the tag team titles to uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and uh, King Mabel. After it's all said and done, you're going to be taking splinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance is you can run lickety split. You can't run because you got some fat asses. After it's done, we're going to have a tailgate party for all my freaks out there. I don't know how many tailgating parties I would have after a loss, but maybe that's just me. Probably not many. <laughs> Probably I think it's fair to say uh, Big Pop Pump suffered a concussion in that match because um, he wasn't. <laughs> he thought he came out the victor in that match, and Rick had to keep telling him, "No, we lost. We we lost." Yeah, yeah and the further- XL Big Booty Daddies won that match. Further proof of the concussion. Here he is. To another superstar in the back. Listen, dude, I got freaks nine days out of the week. I can give them, I was going to seven days in a week. Man, you ain't big pop. I'm a big bad booty daddy in the nonstop. Now listen, English. That is CTE and a stroke all at the same time. Yeah, in in that moment, he thought he was the big bag booty daddies. Meanwhile, that was Mabel and Bam Bam Bigelow. So, after they're taking their long, slow stroll backstage, what do we have next in the in the matches to follow? Our third match is going to be a cruiserweight title match. It'll see the ultimate, ultimate, Ultimo Dragon as a champion versus Rey Mysterio Jr. 
Uh, the lead in this match is there is no lead in it's WCW screws away match. So, you know, they just put them places. So that's all I got. Uh, the match itself, there are like lots of cool flips and stuff. At one point, there's a dive of the outside and I, there's like a springboard off the top rope, I think. And there's like a hurricane Rana. And I, I think there's like some cool kicks, too. Uh <laughs> The end of the match ends with Ultimo Dragon on his knees after taking a top rope Hurricane Rana. And as Ray is running towards him, Ultimo Dragon hits him with the green mist. At that point, Ray Mysterio is stunned, which gives Ultimo Dragon the opening to hit a dragon bomb for the one, two, three. Ultimo Dragon retains the belt. Uh, you know, it, it's probably a six star match, you know, but there's no lead in. It's a lot of cool flips. Just, you know, WCW cruiserweight stuff. Okay. Uh, the fourth match on the card sees Curtis Axel versus <laughs> Randy Orton in a father leaves town match. I love it. I love it. <laughs> the lead into this match is at this point in WCW, Eric Bischoff has left the company and he's appointed Kurt Henning and Cowboy Bob Orton to be the acting general man- managers of the company. Both men are, absolutely hate each other and have been doing everything in their power to make sure that only one of them will be the sole GM of WCW. All this infighting has caught the ire of Ted Turner, who during an episode of Nitro declared that there will be only one GM of WCW. The other man will have to leave the company for good. This will be decided through a wrestling match at Bash of the Beach. Both Bob and Kurt are stunned by this. They are too old to wrestle, right? This is when Ted drops a bombshell that they won't be wrestling. It will be their sons wrestling. Both GMs will be suspended on forklifts outside the ring with the losing GM being (laughs) dropped into a dunk tank and forced to leave WCW forever. (laughs) The match opens with Bob and Kurt suspended over over a pool on forklifts. Kurt Axel enters the ring first, and the crowd erupts when we start to hear voices. Randy hits the ring extremely confident. The bell rings, and we get a lockup, to which Axel rips Randy off the ropes. And then, bam, an RKO out of nowhere. One, two, three. Randy Orton wins the match, and Kurt Henning gets dropped in the dunk tank. Winner, Randy and Bob Orton. It's a squash match. you know. Kurt Axel is going to bring Randy Orton? Come on, who are you? <laughs> so... Just to be clear, you brought Mr. Perfect back to life to put him in a dunk tank? 100%. (laughs) 100%. Well, you got 100 points for reviving Mr. Perfect. Even though he gets in a dunk tank. So... uh... Our uh, our main event of the evening will be Booker T as the heavyweight champion with Trish Stratus as a manager versus Raven. The lead into this match is Booker T is fresh off his win over Mankind for the heavyweight title. This comes fresh off his most recent heel turn aligning himself with Trish Stratus, the women's champion. Trish has instilled the confidence in Booker to not only believe he's the best in the company, but to go out and prove it by any means necessary. Booker seems to be into Trish romantically, but you can tell for Trish, this is all business. Booker has run through every formidable challenger on his way to mankind and is now at a state of flux. 
while cutting a promo on Nitro, he points out there's no one in that locker room that could take the strap from him. At this point, Raven stands up from his front row seat, stating that there may not be anyone in the back, but there is someone right in front of him that could take him down. Booker laughs at this and sees Raven as having no chance. He even states that, I bet he'd even like to have a Raven Rules match, right? Booker says, I will take you on a Bash of the Beach, but it won't be Raven's Rules. It will be a Harlem Street fight. The match itself. Harlem Street fight is really just a regular street fight. Only difference is Booker T is wearing a G-Unit tank top and Wheat Timberlands. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. At the start of the match, Trish is also at ringside, and the match starts in the ring, which is controlled easily by Booker T. He's hitting Raven with everything and not giving Raven a chance at any offense. Booker even hits an axe kick for a near fall. Raven rolls out to the ring, is able to find a steel chair, which he hits Booker with, and as soon as he rolls outside, they're both just kind of brawn with each other. But even though he got hit with the steel chair, it doesn't seem to slow him down at all. With Booker still in control for the majority of the match, Raven is clearly on his heels. Booker pulls out a table from underneath the ring and sets it up close to the turnbuckle. Booker then lays Raven out on the top of the table and goes to the top rope looking for the Harlem hangover. Trish, Trish climbs up on the apron and Booker looks at Trish for a kiss on the cheek for luck. But instead... He is punched right in the side of the head. You can clearly see that Trish is brandishing brass knuckles that she hides in her top. Before she climbs down from the apron, she pulls up her skirt to reveal a Nirvana tattoo on her left butt cheek. Booker is dazed on the top rope, which gives Raven even more time to climb and hit Booker with an avalanche even flow DVT, DDT from the top rope. One, two, three. Raven is the new champion. Trish runs in and plants the biggest kiss you've ever seen in the pay-per-view fades to black. Oh, man. All right. And that is WCW Bash at the Beach 2021. We had a a dead man show up in this and and then dunked in a tank. That man being Kerr Henning, the Mr. Perfect himself, all to watch his he's he's been revived all to watch his son do the job in probably what's <laughs> less than three minutes. Um oh, less hey, than thirty that's, seconds. That's that's the way yeah. the cookie crumb that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, that's show business. I do like the that's show business, of, baby. Yeah, I like the addition of the the Carson City. The Carson City uh, Silver Dollar match, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I, I enjoyed that. I thought the the, um, the Steiner brothers getting a little bit ahead of themselves and trying to kind of put these big guys in, in very, you know, not big guy situations was clearly going to spell the end for that match. And, of course, the concussion to follow. 
um, for Mr. Papa Pump. Um, but I got to say, my favorite match of the night was the cruiserweight title match. Um, I don't know if it was the cool flips and stuff. I don't know if it was the cool kicks too or uh, the green mist. But um, I got to say on this card, that's what they had it all. to me the most. They had it all. Kind of the, they, they, they had so much. Um, I mean, the detail, um, nothing was left for the imagination here, folks. Um, this was a barn burner. And I believe you, you, you did say it was a five-star match. I take your word for it. I believe you. Um, the only five-star match that I heard anyone say happened or, 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 or occurred. So you're definitely going to get at least 100 points for a five-star match. Good job booking that, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, um, listen, I have nothing but praise here, but I would like to hear from your fellow competitors. Are Is there something I'm missing? Is there a reason I shouldn't like this as much as I do? Um, so that way we can get to final tabulations and calculations and figure out who is once and for all the champ of the Triple R podcast season one. So who'd like to go first? I, I'd i like to go first. I have three Warren questions. Warren goes first. Points again for Warren going first. <laughs> um, So, Pilch, I have three questions for you. Okay. Let me know when you're mm-hmm. ready. Okay. First. First question. Poor and Eddie. this is in all caps, so forgive me. Why is Mabel climbing the top rope? <laughs> Mabel's not climbing the top rope. Rick and Scott are putting him up there to set him up for the Frankensteiner. Okay, so let's let's start over then. Okay. Question one. Why is Mabel climbing the top rope? <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't think big Papa Pump? Could put Mabel up on the top rope. I think he could. No, I, he's the I big no man, booty with, daddy. I have no issues putting him up there, but we don't need for his for his as wild and and as entertaining as your pay per view is. We don't need death <laughs> with Mabel splashing somebody off the top rope because that's the only thing that it's going to lead to death. I respectfully disagree, and this is why I disagree, <laughs> is if there was any man on the earth that could take a naval splash from the top rope, it would be Big Papa Pump, Big Bad Booty Daddy, Scott Steiner. That's why I books it that way. I, I couldn't do it to the Hurricane. I couldn't do it to Ricochet, you know, but the man among boys is... The big bad booty daddy, and he could take it. So, and I I would love to see it. All right. Question two: uh, Your cruiserweight match is way too far down the card. Uh, Needs to be closer to the. Disagree again. Probably should have just opened the show. Mm. See, um, 
How do you? You're wait, looking wait, at it quick. from an Eric Bischoff standpoint. I want to see. He's gone. I want to hear so, why though. Warren, the why, new regime of Cowboy Bob Orton start, and Kurt Henning. I mean, because it's so are trying to I don't elevate know how the cruiserweights. So they're, they're trying to move them up that card. So it should start the card because two reasons. One, he's re he's reigniting the fire that is WCW. Two, every WCW pay-per-view that we've seen from the mid to late 90s on, like Chris mentioned, it starts the same way. Random, no lead-in cruiserweight match just to get the energy in the building uh, up for the rest of the pay-per-view. Um. And if you're going to, if we're going by the letter of the law and you're going to be WCW here at Bash at the Beach 2021, then you should absolutely uh, lead off with a cruiserweight match. Here's here's my thoughts there, and they're twofold. Is we came off a just banger of a Steiner bros versus XL big bad booty daddies match. Mm-hmm. And the crowd's already just, just rabid at this point. Yeah. We get yeah. an Ultimo dragon Ray Mysterio match. It's just going to throw them over the edge, which gives, which leads us nicely into the Curtis Axel, Randy Orton cooler. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand what you're saying where it, the old WCW formula would have the cruiserweight match open the, the pay-per-view and I get it. And I had thought about that when I booked this, but it's 2021 people are driving Teslas now, you know, I just, I think it's time to switch it up. Okay. I, 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 I agree with your opinion. I respect it. I just, yeah. you know, it what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Warren some point. I'm gonna go over if if you guys want, I'll go over the points. Well, you know what I gave everybody points for, but um, I I'm starting to see that this card is uh is is jam packed with stipulations. So we it's got, WCW, right? <laughs> That's the whole point. It's WCW. So I, I'm seeing that, and um, I'm then wondering how do we start with a silver dollar match the carson city silver dollar match i'm wondering if if that because you brought up the fact of it should just start just nondescript here's a cruiserweight match how do how do we start a pay-per-view with a a can a carson city silver dollar match can you justify starting that i I think WCW can because uh, because of WCW. You want to put the butts in the seats, Jay. That's all I'm saying. That match uh, puts butts in the seats. Well, I'm not going to take off any points for that. But how about how about uh, Chris? Do you have any takes? Well, first of all, let me just say, having Booker T wrestle in a G-Unit tank and Wheat Tim's really tickled me. 
it just uh, it just makes me happy knowing that he and he, <laughs> normally that's something that that I didn't particularly appreciate about uh crime time when they when they would wrestle but but just knowing uh, the only reason Booker T is doing this because it's a Harlem street fright really just I don't know it makes me happy um the other question I had is in the Carson City Silver Dollar match, is Mr. Sacco filled with the silver dollars or is that a separate sock hanging from the pole? Oh, no, he's, he's filled with silver dollars. Mr. Sacco is filled with the silver dollars. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, of course. All right. yeah. um, there's, only one tube. there's only one tube sock. Yeah. There's only one. T- okay. <laughs> Um, other than that, I mean, I, I had a great time with this. I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was well put together. Um, I mean, Warren's, uh, 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 dist, distaste for, or dislike of Mabel being on the top rope. I mean, that's not, I would understand if it was like Mabel, you had Mabel climb up there, but they put him up there. That's just, they put you know, there. yeah, they put him up there. The, the, real issue, the real issue isn't Mabel being up there. I get how he's put up there and why he's put up there. It's the fact that he dies off and, and tries to kill somebody. That's the well, What else are you going to do when you're up on the top rope? You got to get on, man. How about if you have an opportunity. How about would you, dis- would you disagree with the one, two, three count if Mabel hit you with the splash? You would not. That's That's a win all day. That's the only right. way. That's the only way the XL Big Bad Booty Daddies are gonna beat the Steiner Brothers. No, there, you wouldn't disagree with the three count, the one, two, three count. No, you you dis you'd ugh, slow down. You would disagree with him getting a hundred and twenty three years in jail for killing somebody in a wrestling ring. I I think it's, I think they give him a pass. Is, you know, it's Scott Steiner's own fault. Right, I agree. I'm I'm a little disappointed that you guys didn't like the Trish Stratus punk turn as much as I thought you would, or the grunge turn. I guess I I didn't I didn't mind it. I didn't I didn't mind it. Um, I loved it. I'll say this: I didn't see it coming. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't I, see it coming. But, I took uh, it straight out of the uh, the mega booty. You know, like. um i yeah no i didn't i had no issues with that that whole turn either that's not a bad turn to happen so i'm just doing a little tabulating here trying to figure out now that i feel as though we've gone through everything i have to tally up these scores um, if you guys want some some insight as to how I'm going about this, you guys know already that Justin started out negative 150. Mm-hmm. Warren started plus 100, and Chris started plus 100. So Warren went first. He got 200 points for Alberto Del Rio and Buff Bagwell. Another 50 points for the Junkyard Dog and Kofi. Minus 50 for no Kevin Nash. Minus 50 for Y2J losing. Mm-hmm. Plus 200 for going first. Uh, m- plus 50 for going first again. Um, plus 50 <laughs> with regards to Chris's overall structure. 
because I brought, I believe you brought up that point. Yeah. Um, plus ten points for using the the uh, the word Zoftig to describe uh, <laughs> this, this thing we're looking at here. Um, and then you went first again, so another fifty points, and then fifty points for uh discussing justin's point uh justin's card structure as well the the cruiserweight i thought that was a good point um having the cruiserweight start low like that especially given the the barn burner of a match i figured that should have been to start um then chris went so we had plus 50 for bringing up that jericho loss um on warren's card you have um, you named the titles because I, I I realized that Warren you were a little bit more uh, vague about naming what titles, but I like that Chris had actually named the titles. So I gave you fifty points for naming yeah. the titles. That Sandman finish I thought was great. Just love the idea of him just hitting bang bang nights out. Give me some beers, let's go. That whole idea was great. I gave you a hundred points for that. Fifty points for the vignette. A hundred points for Papa Shango Voodoo. I took off 200 points for that taker finish because I just, I, I I thought, man, why are we getting love here? I wanted more, uh, more, more friction. But then I gave you 50 points for rhythm and bruise. Took away 50 points because I don't know who the gangsters are. And then over your overall structure, you know, had a couple issues. So I took off 50 points there. Um, now, Justin... He had it started with uh, minus 150. He brought up Chris's structure, so I gave him 50 points there. Um, the vignette placement you brought up, I gave you 50 points for that. Um, I minus 10 for not liking my finish over Chris's finish for his match. Um, uh, Pilch, he tried to give you so many outs to like <laughs> slick your answer, and a, you refused. I, I just. <laughs> I just I, I gotta be myself, man. I gotta be myself. You know, I can't. Hey, man, you, you uh, do you, bro. You know, plus plus a hundred points for that amazing cruiserweight match. Um, plus a hundred points for bringing back to life the great Mister Perfect. Uh, Fifty points. I think everybody agrees the G Unit and the Timberlands combo for yeah. Booker T, and then plus a hundred for a five star match. So I'm just gonna take a moment and tabulate these scores. Um, and see what we end up with. So I think uh, one thing I didn't mention, and I don't, I don't necessarily need to worry about getting points for, but the the father leaves town match, Pilch. <laughs> not only, not only is it just the the stipulation of father leaves town match. Not only are there forklifts. In- but there's also dunk tanks involved. Like you fit, you couldn't fit any more of a stipulation into that. Match. <laughs> it's it's WCW, man. What do you want from me? It's just like oh, 100, 100. That's, what that's what they do. That's what they do. I loved every second um, of it. <laughs> and then one other thing I didn't mention with Chris is Chris named all of his titles, but mm. Chris has. One, two, three, four, five—they're all title matches. I think six titles in in your in your federation. 
It's uh, it's five titles. It's all all five matches. Our title match. No, one title has two titles in it. One match has two titles. One. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Title be title. Yeah. You're right. So yeah, it's a lot of gold. It's a lot of gold, man. <laughs> That's oh, that was better. another thing. Was this Night of Champions? What was this? You know what? I didn't know I had to pick, but I guess it is. It must be Night of Champions. Night of, Night of Clash of Champions. This is what yeah, Clash of Champions or something. I don't know. No matter what happens, I got to write a Carson City Silver Dollar match, and I also got to write a Father Leaf Town match. So I'm <laughs> over the moon. I mean, you basically wrote a Judy Bagwell on a forklift match, too. I mean, basically. Basically, just you know everything I wanted in life, really. <laughs> Amazing! All Amazing. right, so the results are in, and oh boy, in third place. Okay, Chris, so this, we're already off. We're already off to a good start because we didn't tie. Okay, yeah, there's no yeah, tie. That's, that's there, there are, I I honestly tried to do this as, as fair as I thought. When I thought somebody deserved some points, I gave them points. When I thought there was subtractions, I gave subtractions. I try to call it straight down the middle. And so with three, uh, in third place with 200 points is Chris. Uh, in second Damn place, it. and your second runner-up, it is with 400 points. Justin, giving you your season one champion with a total of 660 points in your season one Triple R podcast finale. Warren, your new champion. Warren, your forever champion. Never going to hear the end of this. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. I'd like to thank pro wrestling. (laughs) He's going to move. There's a lot of things that you could watch out there in the world of pro wrestling. There's indie federations. There's other big promotions. There's international stuff that you can watch. There's the revival of WCW that you could go and watch. Bash of the Beach 2021. You can watch my brother Chris's stuff. And his card is Clash of Night of Champions. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to it. He's cutting a promo, guys. He's cutting a promo. (laughs) professional wrestling and straight professional wrestling came out on top. The essence of pro wrestling rose to the occasion. Oh boy, okay. In my moment of glory, this is a hundred percent my moment. Oh. And I am Jay, putting, get... my, putting my compadres 
Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. In a position that they would rather not be in heading into season two of the Triple R podcast. What? Jay, before you before you give out your awards, I just want to say one well, two things. First thing being is that I'll be back next season and I'm coming for you, Warren. And after I'm done with you. I'm coming for Ric Flair and those four horsemen coming after me. <laughs> so, so Ric Flair heard that Justin Dilcher was going to come after him after he comes after me. And uh, he wanted to cut a promo on Justin Dilcher. So here it is. You're talking to the Rolex wearing diamond ring wearing Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! There you go. Can't hold them down. Can't hold them down. Can't hold those alligators down. I have two awards that I'd like to give out. And number one, I'm going to go with the ripe bananas of the night. And gotcha. And I'm sorry. (laughs) The the ripe banana of the night for me goes to the Father Leaves Town match. I think if you're gonna revive, what? You're not gonna. You're not gonna have them get into a duck a dunk tank. You're not gonna throw them into a dunk tank in 30 seconds after they've been revived. You know, they're, the dirt is still on them from whence they came. And I guess he needed a bath, but I don't think was, this was the right call to make on this. <laughs> and, and for that, that's going to get the Right Bananas Award. And for the cream of the crop, honestly, the, the, the only way that I could give out a cream of the crop, the only, the only, way that I could award this is to the three of you guys, the triple R podcast on one hell of a season. Um, it was entertaining. I'm happy to have been a part of it. You guys are onto something special. So I just hope you guys can, uh, do what you got to do over the break, Um, but you guys definitely are the cream of the crop. Uh, thank you so much for everything. And I had a great time today. Um, and yeah, so you guys are definitely my cream of the crop. There you go. You got the cream of the crop, guys. You did it. You finally earned it. <laughs> uh, finally yeah, it. Jay. Jay, thank you very much for uh, for joining in on here our nonsense here. Um, as I mentioned on the pre-show, you're welcome back anytime. Um, whether it's uh, another one of these uh, main events, you want to watch a show with us, by all means. You want to just come and talk some wrestling anytime you want to come back. You're more than welcome to come back. Thank you so much. And I also want to point out that uh, if uh, if I had not given points out previously, Justin still would have lost by 10 points for the use of the word softing. <laughs> I don't even know if I ever heard that word before. I don't, I've, I've no used, idea. I've used it on the podcast before. 
don't think you have. I think I, I have. 100% have. I'll go back and listen to the tapes. So the, but the, final, listen, the final school would have been... Listen to one of, our, one of our longer episodes and you'll hear me use it. They're it'd all been, long. It'd have been 550 to 560 either way. So I think that the rightful champion was crowned here. And I'm excited to see you guys uh, and listen to the journey of you guys trying to take that strap from Warren here. I don't think it's going to be easy. I, uh, I'll have some time on my hands before, uh, before I start my new job on, uh, in a few days. So don't be surprised if I'm scouring the internet and looking for championship title belts for uh, oh, reasonable boy. prices. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Let's um let's get to the particulars and uh and make our way out of here. Um Ooh. what Ooh. you got? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We completely forgot. Poor guy's been waiting on hold the entire time. Uh, oh, our, field, our field correspondent, guys. We had him on special assignment. Oh, I can't on, believe me, we forgot. You know what? I'm, I, I, this is my fault. As the host of this episode, how could I? You know what? Actually, we, we do have him on the line. I, uh, Mr. Sheik, we had these three pay-per-views that we just gone over. We crowned Warren as our champion of season one. Uh, what are you hearing out there in the streets about this victory? Russia, number one, Iran, number one, USA, yeah. All right. You know, you bullshit. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I, you I, know, I think she made some salient points. He did. He made he made a couple, you know, I mean, I could have done with the without the anti-Semitic stuff. But, you know, I mean, that's just it's the sheik. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you sure about that? <laughs> just hey, don't blame me. It's the sheik. The sheik did it. <laughs> I didn't say it. This is true. This is true. Oh, uh, sheik. <laughs> particulars. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter were at triple R pod or at triple R pod. Uh, the website, triple R podcast.com email, the real triple R podcast at gmail.com. Find the podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, uh, podcast addict, right? Is that right? Podcast yep. Addict? And also that wonderful mm-hmm. uh, RSS code. Um, subscribe, rate, review, uh, send us correspondence in our email and our website. Uh, good, bad, indifferent. Uh, what shows should we watch? Come uh, come around for season two. Um, anything you want. Uh, Jay, plug your uh, plug your stuff. Yeah, well, uh, you guys can catch me on my podcast. It's called Walk is Extra. And uh, I'm on Twitter, too, at, at Walk is Extra on Twitter. So you can find me there as well. Um, it's been a pleasure, guys. Again, you know, keep up the good work. Anytime you guys feel like having a fourth voice on here, look no further. The Puerto Rican dream has got your back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, 
Outstanding. Oh, uh, boy. This is great. I love it. Look, I can't wait for the next season finale. This is going to be great. I think I think we'll be able to uh, we'll we'll get to that in in due time. But uh, Pilch, uh, enjoy yourself. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Chris, and uh, as as the host here, we're still not done. Uh, Pilch, thanks for coming on, man. You can be a guest anytime too. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Should have <laughs> just hit the button. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we will be back with you soon with season two here on the Triple R Podcast. Uh, have a good one.